You're listening to The Creation Academy, a weekly podcast defending the truth of God's Word in biblical creation science. I'm your host, Steve Schramm, and this week we're talking about why creationists should be excited about new mainstream discoveries. You know, in the past, um, many creationists unfortunately have become more so known for what we don't believe in than what we do believe in. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning of this series, the basics of creation science. And I really do think the winds of change are beginning to to come in. Things are beginning to shift a little bit. And we're beginning to see what creationism is going to look like going into the future. And I, for one, am extremely excited about it. I'm extremely excited to be a part of it. And it's going to be great. And I want to, in this week's lesson, you know, in our time together this week, I really want to instill within you a passion, um, a passion for what we do. And, you know, it's nothing that I can give you. Um, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, it has to be genuine, it has to come from the Lord. But, you know, I just want to give you a few reasons why I feel like we should be excited. Um, you know, uh, we see this all the time, you know, a new, uh, somebody finds a new fossil. And of course, because this is just what they do, mainstream scientists date the fossil to, you know, 300, 400,000 years old or, or, or however long. And then, of course, we see these articles. Well, you know, our human history has to be completely rethought and rewritten now. And, uh, you know, we know that that's not the case. We're very well aware um, that what the Bible says is true. And we know that we're not finding fossils that are legitimately hundreds of thousands of years old. But for some reason, we pretend like... They're just ruining our day when when new discoveries happen. But here's the thing. If we have the truth, if we have the truth, then every time somebody finds a new fossil, every time, you know, some new astronomical discovery is made, everything, every piece of evidence is going to point to our Creator. It's that simple. God says that the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Make no mistake, we're made in the image of God. Every fossil, every new astronomical discovery, every archaeological discovery, it's all going to point towards biblical truth. Now, you have to look at it through the right worldview lens. We talk about that all the time. But looking at it through the right worldview, we know that the evidence points to the truth. So then, I think we should have a change in attitude. Whenever we find these uh, new discoveries happening, whenever we see that... um, new data has entered into the play. We need to look at that with a idea of excitement and with zeal and, and vigor and with that go get em attitude that it's time now to use this new piece of data, this new piece of evidence, whatever it may be, and figure out how it points to the creator. Not if but how, 
how it points to the Creator, and how it points to creation. Once again, we believe we have the truth because we know what the Bible says. God's Word will point to God's world and vice versa. God's world will point to God's Word. They are not exclusive to one another. They work together. And we're going to dive into that here in just a few moments. Before I give you my, my thinking exactly along this um, same train of thought, uh, I do want to take care of a little bit of housekeeping items, okay? Um, just a, a couple things I want you to do. Um, I encourage you to go to our website, www.steveshram.com www.steveshram.com slash defend dash your dash faith steveshram.com slash defend dash your dash faith and I will put a link to this in the show notes um, but on there you are going to find the defend your faith with confidence course that I wrote a while back and it's a six lesson course a six day it's a six day course with four lessons in it and what it's going to do is walk you through the four answers you need to know to overcome the toughest objections to Christianity okay so you're going to go there and you're going to sign up you're going to get a welcome email and then it's going to take you through four quick lessons um, one for the next four days and then it'll close out and give some next steps on that sixth day it'll be that last email and um, other than that you can expect to get one email from me per week um, when I announce that week's latest blog post on our website. I don't announce the podcast in that way. Um, I use other ways to announce the podcast. And of course, people can find it through through iTunes or excuse me, Apple podcasts uh, as well. So, but I encourage you to go there. It's a really good introduction, not only to our ministry, but to the field of apologetics. If you don't know how to defend your faith, if you're unsure how to defend your faith, uh, and you don't even know where to start, this is a phenomenal place to start. Uh, this it will give you the basics that you need to learn how to defend your faith and to do it with confidence. And this will, I think, really strengthen you. It will help you. I, I wrote it in such a way that it's easy to digest, it's easy to take in, and it's pretty simple. It takes you through um, a defense for literal creation, a defense for the uh, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, takes you through a defense of objective and relative morality, and also teaches you how to defend the faith when you're witnessing. It helps you to, to move from the defensive position into the offensive position when you're doing witnessing. And, uh, and I think it'll be a help to you. So I encourage you, before anything else, to, to go there, find that website, or just go to the website, um, thecreationacademy.org or steveshram.com, and there in the sidebar, um, you will also find a link to that, also at the bottom of every post. We want to give you an opportunity to get on board that and get on there, uh, because you need this truth. This is Bible truth that we're talking about, and you need to know how to defend it. And we created that resource in order to help you 
with that. Uh, I believe that's all the housekeeping I have for for this week. Still waiting to hear from some people if this new format is going to work out. Um, I like it. It allows me to be a little bit more conversational and uh, it gives me a little bit more freedom. So uh, I certainly enjoy that. So let's talk about this. Why, why exactly should creationists be excited about new mainstream discoveries. Well, I jotted down four reasons here, and again, this is going to be a little bit more conversational, less data-driven. In fact, this week and the next two weeks are going to be that way as we close out this course. we got some some important things to to talk about, and right now, of course, we're talking about why, uh, why we should get excited about these new discoveries in mainstream science. Remember, it all points to a creator. It all points to a creator. So here, here's a few reasons I jotted down. Uh, the first one is the new creationism is here. The new creationism is here. And what I mean by that is there is this um, terminology that has been given to the field of creation science that talks more in terms about what we do believe than what we don't believe. For uh, the longest time, creationism was dominated by what I call evolution bashing. It was dominated by, you know, just this this tearing down of the evolution theory and showing the bankruptcy of the evolution theory. And I am all for that. Don't misunderstand me. I'm all for that. However, however, some overzealous individuals went so far as to not accurately represent the theory of evolution and then tear it down. Logically, we call that a straw man fallacy. That's misrepresenting your opponent's position and then attacking that misrepresented position. And we saw that a lot in our creationists camps. Unfortunately, many of our creationist organizations and speakers around the world had started to engage in that. And I am an optimist slash uh, realist, okay? Um, I don't I don't think I'm a pessimist, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm able to be very realistic about things. And the bottom line is, is the people who believe in evolution theory, for the most part, they typically believe in it for some pretty good reasons. I mean, if you leave God out of the equation and you add in your deep time assumptions, the evidence all makes sense. Let me reiterate that. If you leave in your deep time assumptions, you can make sense of most of the evidence. Now, there are some things that you cannot make sense of. You cannot. And yes, I do believe those are excellent proofs uh, for creation. I mean, there are some serious contradictions in um, evolutionary thinking. But what I want you to understand is that as a whole, you can make sense of that evidence as an evolutionist. But what they discount is that there's another way to look at it. You can look at it from the creationist standpoint using the Bible as your ultimate authority instead of deep time. And those same evidence, those same pieces of evidence, those data, they all work out. And the new creationism, as I and others have called it, there's a gentleman, I can't think of his name, I'll put this in the show notes, but there's a gentleman who um, wrote a book by this title, The New Creationism, is more focused on building new models 
and making headway with creationism as a scientific discipline uh, rather than simply just tearing down the theory of evolution. And so I'm excited about that. There's a few names we could associate with this. In the beginning episodes of this series, I, I gave you some of those names. I'm going to um, give you a little quote um, from a man named Dr. Todd Wood. He is one of these gentlemen who I would consider to be at the forefront of the new creationism. He is a realist about evolutionary theory. He is is in tune with what's going on. He does a lot of biology work, a lot of work with fossils, and he's really smart. And he's honestly, he's really who I got this idea from uh, about the excitement of new mainstream discoveries. And I just want to read for you a quick paragraph that he wrote. This is found on his blog. If I'm remembering correctly, his blog address is Todd C. Wood. Uh, excuse me, dot blogspot.com, toddcwood.blogspot.com. And you can check out the show notes. Again, I'm going to put that there as well, just in case I was wrong. But I'm almost positive that's what it is. And uh, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Scientific, anytime a new discovery comes out, he's right on top of it. He's reporting on it and uh, and giving you some really good perspective. So I really like that from uh, from Dr. Todd Wood. But I want you to, I, I want to read this quote to you that I found right there on his website. I can be excited about new fossils because I have confidence in God, the Creator. At the end of the day, even if a new fossil upends my old way of thinking, God is still Creator. That faith liberates me from the anxiety and worry that seems to plague some Christians when new fossils are announced. My God is the God who called the universe into existence and led his people into a promised land and saved my soul. Death itself could not keep him in the grave, and some old, dead fossils are not going to change any of that. At the end of the day, I'm an explorer. I'm standing on the edge of an amazing frontier. Every new fossil discovery is another corner of that frontier opened up. Every new genome sequenced is a map to parts hitherto unknown. I say we have nothing to fear. I say, let's go explore. And I say that too, Dr. Wood. I think that's amazing. Now, I'm not a scientist. In another life, maybe I would have been. Sometimes I think that would be cool to just drop everything and go back and do that. But at, at the stage I'm at in my life, that's not realistic. So the question I began to ask myself is, what can I do? How can I get in on this? I'm not very smart. I've never really been good at math. To be honest, I've never really been uh, good at science. I have no formal training in, in in any of this that I speak to you, but I'm passionate about it, and I'm a preacher, and God has given me a task to do. And so I begin to ask myself, you know, Lord, this is a big deal. This is a big task. Somebody's got to do this. Can I do it? And... The Lord has allowed me, he's been faithful to let me do this. And if I can't be a scientist, if I can't be an explorer, if I can't be one of those guys who goes out when new fossil discoveries come up and help find out exactly how they point to a creator, what I can do is get in here and rally the troops and go out and talk to people and proclaim the truth to people and get them excited about it as well. And so that's what I'm here doing for you today. 
I want you to get excited about new things. I want you to join Dr. Todd Wood and say, let's go explore. If you're thinking about a career in science, I want you to become the best creation scientist there's ever been. I want you to strive for that. I want you to strive to find new discoveries. Will you be ridiculed? Yes. Will it be hard to make it through your training to do that? Yes. Will you have a hard time uh, finding work anywhere other than with creationist organizations? Yes. Will you be serving your Lord by doing it? Yes. Will it be worth it in the long run? Yes. Will you receive rewards in heaven for your efforts? Yes. Yes. It will be so worth it. I'm telling you. This, this idea of the new creationism is so exciting. See, if you, if you rip something else out from under somebody, if you rip a theory out from under somebody, you have to be able to replace it. And that's why guys like Dr. Todd Wood are working in fields like barominology, for instance, trying to provide a new foundation for, uh, you know, ideas like Darwinism and things like that. Not, not, not a foundation for Darwinism, but, but something else to put in its place, something that makes sense with God's Word and with God's world. We talk about that a lot, but the reason I say that is because right now there is a disconnect. Not literally, but in the minds of men, there is a disconnect between God's Word and God's world. And we've got to put that together. But we can't do it by only tearing down evolution theory. We've got to have a good way that this is going to work from our standpoint. See, science can declare the glory of God just like anything else can, even though it wasn't created by God. We created science, but we created science because we knew and believed in God, and we knew that the universe would be uniform. And so that's why the scientific was the scientific method was developed because Christian scientists understood that we lived in a uniform world because we had a God who created it who said that He's upholding all things by the word of His power. It's just that simple. So I encourage you to jump on board, get on board the train with Dr. Todd Wood, uh, with with Dr. Kurt Wise, with Dr. Andrew Snelling, with Dr. George Perdom, with Dr. Jeffrey Tompkins. I, I'm just naming authors. There's hundreds of them. Join in there with them. Dr. Jason Lyle. I mean, Dr. Danny Faulkner. I, I, could just, I could just keep going. Dr. Steve Austin. Jump in there with these guys who are doing the real work and get in there and start doing it too. It's not going to be easy, but it will be rewarding. So that is my first thought. The new creationism is here. Secondly, our faith is in God, not science. I'm going to repeat that again. Our faith is in God, not science. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you should be a person who already knows that. You should be. But you may not. You may not. And the reality of it is that science in these days, when we use the word, is really more like scientism. Scientism. Scientism is the idea that science has all the answers. And that's what people want us to believe. Uh, people uh, like Dr. Stephen Hawking are, are really at the forefront of this belief. Scientism. This idea that we don't even need to bring in other fields. Philosophy, uh, for instance, no longer informs science. Forget about it. Science has the answers. Anything that science hasn't answered already, science will have the answer for. Science, science, science. But you know what that sounds like to me? That sounds a lot like faith. You know, um, Christians are often 
often accused of using what's called the God of the gaps argument. In other words, simply just inserting the idea of God into the things we don't understand yet, into the gaps, if you will, in our knowledge. But the reality is that we have a a positive case to be made for a creator based on the evidence that we have now. But to say that one day science will explain something, that's faith. That's faith. In, that's that's a religious belief in science. There's no two ways about it. That's a religious belief in science. And most, I mean, most if not all, most if not all mainstream science uh, scientists operate on that basis, on that foundation. Mark her down. That's the truth. Most, if not all, mainstream scientists operate, even if they don't admit it, off the basis of scientism because they don't believe that any other discipline can trump science. The scientific method has worked so many times. It's proven. It's proven. It's proven. And that the scientific method does work, but they can't apply the scientific method to ideas of origins, for example. They can, there's just some things that the scientific method will not work on. That's just the bottom line. And yet, I guess they somehow hold out hope that one day we will be able to use science in such a way. But I just don't see it. You know, I, I just don't I just don't see it. And whatever reasoning they may want to give, uh, their faith is in science, not God. And it is faith. It is faith. It's a religious faith belief because they can't see it with their own eyes and they can't prove it with the scientific method. Understand that? They can't see it and they can't prove it, but they believe it. That's blind faith. That's blind faith. To be honest with you, I would say that the Christian has much more, much, much more of reasoning on their side. Uh, we, we actually hold a much more reasonable position. Do we invoke the supernatural? Yes, I will give it that. We do believe in the supernatural creation. We believe in a supernatural creator. We do believe in that. But there's no reason not to believe in that. To discount the supernatural from the running is nothing more than an a priori decision. You don't have to discount the supernatural. We for all intents and purposes, our minds, our conscious. We can't explain that naturally. Nobody can. Not the, not the brightest scientist in the world can explain consciousness right now. S- naturally. So for all intents and purposes, our minds are supernatural. Our uh, thought patterns, yeah, there's, there's synapses and, and things that go on in the brain, but ultimately consciousness, the idea of consciousness. Nobody's got this figured out. It's supernatural. It's supernatural, and that's the bottom line. So supernatural does not have to be disqualified from the running unless you choose for it to. It's a choice. That's a choice. But when you leave the supernatural, suddenly you have to bring in a ton of faith that in the future you will be able to naturally explain something that you cannot naturally explain now. But our faith is in God, not science. We don't place our faith in what science is going to prove uh, in the future, we place our faith in what God has already revealed. And lo and behold, it all turns out to be true. I, I'm telling you, we just did a Sunday school. Uh, I just led Sunday school uh, for our class um, a couple weeks ago. I was able to do it two weeks in a row. And we dealt with the Bible and modern science. 
Science in the Scriptures, uh, I believe is the way I titled that. We dealt with that, and we went right down through. Uh, I pulled a lot of the information from the back of my trusty Henry Morris Study Bible, which probably do a little review on that sometime here because I really love that Bible, and uh, and that's been great. But I went right through the back of it and, and looked at some of those areas where the Bible predicted scientific uh, truths, scientific things that we would eventually learn about the world. It's talked about those things thousands of years ago. Now, there's some cases where people stretch it, but most of the ones that I was able to look at in that book and uncover, it's 100% true. The Bible talks about things that we didn't have knowledge of in our modern scientific endeavors until even as recently as uh, the 1900s. So it's... Our faith is in God because we know God created the heavens and the earth, and we know that he told us how he did it in his word. And so that's why we place our faith in the Bible, and it's a reasonable faith. It's not a blind faith. There's too many lines of evidence, Um, all the scientific evidence, prophetic evidence, archaeological evidence, historical evidence. It's just too real not to be real. It's just too true not to be true. We have the more reasonable position. We have the more reasonable position. So that's why our faith is in God. Now, my next uh, thought process is a bit similar to this, but it just kind of comes at it from a little different angle. It's still just as true. Science is the only, excuse me, science is only the means of discovery. It's not an authority. Science is only the means of discovery. It's not an authority. I'll link to this in the show notes as well, but I wrote an article not long ago about uh, science versus philosophy. You know, should 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 philosophy inform science? You know, and and the way that I wrote through that article, I was just trying to show that look, when we start making origin claims, when we start making claims that go beyond what we can prove by using the scientific method, you know, create a hypothesis, you know, and observe and, and test and, and record on that and observe and test again and figure it out, try to see if your data matches up. That's the scientific method. You just cannot use that to prove scientifically anything. The age of the earth, a creator, evolution, you just cannot use the scientific method in that way. It just it just does not work. Some people make the distinction between origin science and operation science. And I suppose that's fine. That That's one way to look at things. I typically don't look at things that way. Um, I tend to look at things from more of the standpoint of philosophy versus science. Because philosophy, we make a philosophical claim about the world, about ideas, about how we think things happened. And then we can use science in many cases to conduct research in our current day to see which one of those makes sense. But ultimately, origins are a matter of philosophy. Evolution, as Dr. Greg Monson um, likes to or, or used to claim before before his death in 1994, he always claimed that evolution started in the philosophy department. And I haven't dug into all that, but he's a pretty smart man. Uh, He might have been right about that. The philosophy department is where evolution theory began. And of course, Darwin uh, brought it out scientifically speaking, kind of alluded to how that might work, and of course wrote his book, The Origin of Species. But it's the philosophers who first came up with this idea of uh, evolution theory and this idea that we just uh, you know, came naturally from the dust. And I think we can even see that represented in the Bible a little bit uh, by the Epicureans in Acts 17. You know, they were basically the atheists of the day. And, and we see that. 
And so science is only the means of discovery. Okay, science, when we when we say science, it's nothing but it's nothing but a method. Okay? I mean it's a field of study, but but it's nothing but a method really. We do science, but that implies that we have a way of doing something when we do science. And that way is called the scientific method, okay? And so, it, it, but it's not an authority. And we know it's not an authority because it changes. Science can never be an ultimate authority because it always changes. Well, evolutionists and, and, and mainstream scientists say, well, that's a feature. That's a, This is a good thing. This is what we do in science. We, we figure out where we were wrong and we improve in the future. But... Yet, they take that same science and they use that as an ultimate authority to say, well, this has already been established. This is law. And that's not how it works. Science is only the means of discovery. It cannot make authoritative claims about the world. The Bible is an authority. The Bible is the ultimate authority. The Bible is the only authority. And it's proven time and time again by science, which is the means of discovery. And that's why we should get excited about creationism. We should be excited about this message because the other guys don't have an authority. Their authority is built on shaky ground. Their authority has new opinions every month, every year. A new scientist writes a paper and everybody can go back and forth about how this is wrong and that's wrong. And I get that. And that's peer review. And we do that in the creation sciences as well. And that's fine. But on the creation scientists, we have a authority. We have something we can look back on and say, okay, we know this is true. Now let's figure out how the scientific method confirms it. And it's not circular reasoning. I don't want you to mistake that there. That's not circular reasoning. It's an assumption, yes, that you have to use to build on other things. And if we want to call that circular reasoning, that's fine. But then that means that all the sciences are doing that as well because the sciences are working on an assumption of deep time. In their minds, they see that as law. We're, we're seen as flat earthers or something because we believe in a young earth. But we also have very good scientific arguments for that. Flat earthers have none. Trust me, that's something for a completely different day. But... What I want you to get across is that we should be excited because we already have the truth. We're not in pursuit of the truth. We're in pursuit of finding out how the world that we live in works to confirm the truth. We're starting from the beginning, or we're starting from the end and working working backwards. God, I mean, God's going to be God no matter what our, our science says. That's just the bottom line. God's already revealed who he is. He's given us the testimony of the Holy Spirit. We have that in our hearts as saved, uh, born-again Christians. And the, that's just the bottom line, that God is working in our hearts. And he's already shown us the truth. We already have the truth. It is not truth that we are in pursuit of. It is truth that we know and are defending. And then lastly, I want to capitalize on that point. Every new discovery for a creationist is a step towards truth or a step towards revealing that truth and sending out that truth. Every new discovery is a step towards truth. And I want you to just get this in your mind. Get what I'm saying here. That new fossil discovery that came out and everybody's ranting and raving over and, and we have to push back human life 
to 400,000 years now and all this happened and that happened. Let me tell you something. No matter what the scientists have said, no matter what they've said, that person, that, that, that fossilized person that they found in the ground, if it's a person, it's made in the image of God. If it was an animal, it was crafted and created by God. And it's a new discovery that points toward the truth of our Creator. Because if, if, if what we're saying is true, and it is, then we don't have to doubt whether that discovery points to a Creator. We already know it does. We already know it does. And because of that, we can be excited. We can shout for joy. We can help begin to figure out how that discovery points towards the Creator. And that's what Dr. Todd Wood is trying to say when I opened with that. that you know, that's exactly what he's trying to say, that he now has a new opportunity, a new piece of data, a new piece of evidence with which he can point to the truth of his Maker. And that is an exciting exciting thing and I've used that example a lot but all the sciences are that way geologists are that way every new geological study that creation geologists do they already know they already know is going to point to a creator that doesn't skew their evidence that doesn't skew their line of reasoning they just have the confidence when they go out there they don't have to wonder what it's going to point to they know it's going to point to a creator so we should be excited. We need to get out of this doom and gloom idea uh, about new mainstream scientific discoveries. We need to change our mindset. We need to forget for a little while about tearing down evolution and start to build up creationism. We need this to be seen as a credible way of doing science. Are they always going to agree with us? No, of course not. Okay. Um, but we have seen in recent years creation scientists who are making inroads, inroads into the community, the mainstream scientific community. And we need to be doing that. We need to gain their respect because ultimately if we want to win them to Christ, we're not going to do it by misrepresenting their position and then tearing them down as we travel across the country and talk on podcasts and blog posts. We need to represent their position the right way, show them how it is flawed and give them a new and better way. That's what we need to do. Just as much as Jesus ate with sinners, we ought to be eating with the mainstream scientists. We ought to get in there, not becoming like them, but being respectful towards them, showing them and demonstrating for them the love of Christ and showing them what we believe and why we believe it. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we sure do love you. We thank you for the opportunity just to be a small part in your plan and to be used by you. Father, I pray now that we would take this to heart and we would use it in our lives. We would get excited about this awesome world that you created and the fact that you let us live in it. Father God, we couldn't ask for any more than that. We love you and we just pray that you would help us to become better lights for you and salt and light, Lord, in this dark world that we live in. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us this week on the Creation Academy. We'll see you next week.